0: A friend is a buddy that you love, we bring him on the show to teach us some stuff, and when the show comes to an end, if anyone asks, you must contend, that Jason and Kelsey have friends. Jason and Kelsey have friends. All right, welcome to Jason and Kelsey F. Friends. My name's Jason. And I'm Kelsey. And we are two Bay Area Asians learning from our friends. Did you start higher on the on the guitar part today? <clears throat> it seemed a little bit higher. I honestly have no idea what I just did. Oh, okay. And I definitely messed up in the middle. That's fine. <laughs> um, I didn't notice that
1: part. I, I, did, I just felt like I was like, oh, he's going to go higher today. He's going to go a little Freddie Mercury today, but maybe not.
0: I think it's maybe because we're sitting next to each other. That's true usually we're we're like across from each other yeah I have distance yeah so the the shorter distance makes the frequencies like bounce faster right you know what i mean <laughs> no, like I if you compress a you spring the the waves are faster
1: you, you can't just say words I went to and college. smash them together I <laughs> just assume i know what you're saying but anyway cool how are you doing jason i'm doing great this is uh, i think this is the first time we're we're recording next to each other versus at each other. Yeah, which side is, by side. It's kind of weird. Um, I know. The neck craning is... That's okay.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, I would love to get into it. Yeah, teach me something. I'm going to teach you something. something. Yeah. I'm actually going to ask you a question.
1: How many times do you think the average person pees in a day? Three? Uh, six to eight times a day, which
0: sounds like a lot to me. That sounds like... That is a lot, because I was basing it off of my own like frequency i I was also counting
1: that too as well
0: and you have to take
1: i i'd say if i took like a regular weekday i'd probably go mostly in the morning and then it just tails off toward the rest of the day but i would say
0: four five maybe on like a really like hot summery yeah it makes sense and that's why i picked a number that was lower than that because i feel like some people probably aren't great about staying hydrated right right um but also, I've heard that when you're
1: older, you do pee a lot more frequently as well. So, so they might be so dragging the average up. Interesting. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But six to eight. I think I'm going to start counting and tracking it. I app- there's
0: people that are going to the bathroom like 12 times, like 10 to 12 times That's what that's I'm, I'm saying. Easily. That's true. Which <laughs> is crazy because you're awake for, what, 16 hours a day? So, you're, you're going like once an hour, which is wild. I guess
1: that's not that bad. Unless you go like, you just do it all in the beginning. You just void everything up front, you know. Wait, what? Yeah, because like I stop. I definitely stop peeing like after. I want to say like six. There's like no urine left in my body.
0: After oh, after six p.m. Six p.m. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't think I pee after. Really? Do you control like your um water intake? Like I the day? oh, I do a so, horrible job with wanna... water. I never know oh, how much water I'm supposed to get. I just make sure that the color is adequately like clear. Is that the driving?
1: rationale for the amount of water you get is that you you're aiming for a certain color for me personally yeah for, like, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: because that is an indicator right if, yeah if it's yeah that's right but anyway <laughs> uh what did you learn this week um <laughs> i learned something about raisins and this is i'm gonna ask you a Sorry, question right, now racists
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, i feel like i feel like, I feel like I every <laughs>
1: week someone's learned something about racists
0: i already yeah i feel like i I feel like I have that figured out. Yeah. Um, Raisins. 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 So, I'm going to ask you, like, what is the difference between, like, a normal raisin Uh and a golden raisin?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess sun exposure of the golden raisin is higher than a typical raisin. Or maybe the the sweet. Oh, the age. No, the age of the raisin. I think, is, is my other guess. I have two guesses, right? I have two options. You, you, you <laughs> you <guesses what laughs> you Do I get doesn't... a third one? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to guess exposure to the sun, one. Age of the grape, which drives the color, two. Uh-huh. And that's the final answer.
0: Okay. That's really interesting because for, for most people, myself included, I thought, like, okay, maybe a normal raisin comes from, like, a purple grape.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And then the golden raisin comes from, like, a uh, green a, grape a new, yeah. or, like, a, a, a lighter colored grape. Right. But turns out... All raisins come from the same green grape. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. So the normal raisin is basically dried by the sun. Right. So it's a three-week-long process. And because it's so long, and, and you're right, because of sun exposure, it turns the green grape into that dark color. Right. Okay. Whereas the golden raisin is dried using like a, like an industrial, like, dehydrator sort of process. Okay. And then they it actually add, they add a little bit of, like, some sort of chemical to help it retain its like light color. And that's why the golden raisins are generally juicier because it's, oh. it's not, they haven't been dried as long.
1: Just something you learn at like the raisin museum. I don't know. Like this, where did this, how did, how did this, how did this fact <laughs> come up is
0: more, is actually the more interesting question. I, um, I don't know. It's just like through conversation, it's just like eating a salad and usually like golden raisins are so great. Like where do they come from? And then logically the brain thinks like, okay, yeah, there's different colored grapes. So, Hence, different colored raisins. But little do you know, they all come from the same colored gray. You
1: eat salads with gray, with raisins in them?
0: Sometimes a salad will have some raisins Ugh. in them. Ugh,
1: I'm not a huge fan of that.
0: Oh, are you, oh you don't like raisins in general? Uh, I'm,
1: I'm neutral. on. I'm like, probably, yeah, I'm like neutral on raisins. They're okay. Do you like raisins? Yeah,
0: I'm fine with raisins.
1: Yeah, but see, the, the enthusiasm doesn't...
0: I'm just trying to match your level. Oh, am I? Am I? Am I, like low and slow as the tempo? Or what? no? It's you're a... just making me feel like self conscious. Oh,
1: like yeah, My your love for, raisins? for raisins. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> And your love for raisins and racists. <laughs> yeah. Let's,
0: yeah, let's, yeah not let's, let's not go that. Go far. But you know, speaking of raisins and racists, let's um, let's. uh <laughs> <laughs> Let's, a good one. let's a good welcome. Yeah. Let's welcome our guest. You know. So I, I would like to welcome to the podcast. He is a principal at Third Rock Ventures where he helps to build new companies. A Hertz Foundation fellow, he has a PhD in medical engineering and medical physics from Harvard, MIT, Division of Health Sciences and Technology. But more impressively, he is a graduate of the Jerome Fisher Program in Management and Technology at the University of Pennsylvania, where he met and interacted with very important People. A former soprano for the Pennsylvania 65,000, Penn's premier comedy a cappella group, and a proud dog father to Wallaby. Humans know him as Vyas Ramanan, but I know him as Bear. It's Vyas Ramanan! Yeah! yeah! yeah!
2: yeah! <laughs>
1: so, Vyas, very impressive. Bio, but my real question is: As a Hurts Foundation fellow, do you get free car rentals for like? Uh,
2: unfortunately, no. I think I think at one point we got a ten percent discount, but I don't know if we Ooh! do anymore.
0: <laughs> Wait, like actually though, ten percent discount.
2: I think we did at one point. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's the face a, that's of someone who got twenty-five
1: percent is just hilarious. trying to downplay a little bit. <laughs> He's going, yeah, it's like ten percent. Cause like, dude, I could get a ten percent discount on Hertz as a non If you're just percent. like a
0: triple A member, I'm just like, or a person. like a senior citizen or Hey
1: yeah. you with the pulse. You want 10% off of Hertz? Here you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yep.
2: <laughs> anyway, the awesome is super nice to meet you, man. It is uh it's great to meet you too. I would I was gonna say uh part of the intro of meeting many interesting people at uh University of Pennsylvania. I forget if Jason was there at the time, but we sang uh, "Love Train" to our now president Joe Biden. That's right. I Are
0: was, you and I was there at that time. That
1: yes. is so cool. What was the? Is, is there a context or no?
0: He was in Philadelphia to deliver a speech. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I forget for. I what don't purpose, remember for but, what, but for some reason, we were asked yeah.
1: to perform. Any any feedback he provided or.
0: I so bear actually got to meet him. Also, I'm gonna be just calling him. I just am so not used to using your other name. So bear actually got to meet him. Oh, that's awesome. And um, but I couldn't meet, do the meet. I I performed and then I had to leave because uh, you're too nervous. No, because my marketing professor wouldn't let me skip class to meet the vice president. Oh of the United my gosh, States.
1: you're such a square. He's man. just like
0: sure. <laughs> Sounds like if you just hopped on the subway, you could make it back in time for class. <laughs> So, I didn't get to meet him. This is, is that I mean, ridiculous. Oh, okay. In retrospect, do you wish you had just stayed? Do you think that? For sure. Okay. He's the
1: president. Yeah, okay. now. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's just funny because we talk about, you know, I, we've had some previous podcasts where you're like, oh, you guys are so naughty because you, someone
2: asked you to do something and you didn't do it. And it's, I just, it's good. This yeah. is self reflection. I'm really uh-huh. happy
0: about that. Uh-huh.
2: Sorry. We're, yeah. Yeah. It's, we're projecting. It's, good. it's good reminiscing. I feel like, the key there was just to never go to any of your classes, and then you wouldn't feel bad Ooh. Uh, skipping that one.
1: University of Pennsylvania, we do not endorse the thoughts of Vyas <laughs> <Ramanana. laughs> but uh, keep going. Just needed to get that in there. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but Vyash, so Vyas, what what was uh, then Vice President Biden like? Uh, Vice President Biden, he like?
2: he was he was just a. Law joe biden citizen i think is what we said uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> nice that's awesome do you is that is do you say that to you your current mate
2: uh she has seen there's a there's a picture of it
1: oh you have a picture too yeah. oh that's that's See, that's the main disappointment yeah. for me <laughs> is
0: because you could have gotten a picture because i could have been in the picture oh my god it's a man. great picture yeah dude man but I mean, I could. I guess I should just Photoshop myself. You could
2: Had, just Photoshop yourself it. You yeah. could do that.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: Vyas, have you brought that up in your courtship with your current mate? Because I don't know. I don't.
0: <laughs> I, don't I would know just if that add has that the in there every time that you think it does. I would
1: go to the DMV. I'd be like, "Hi, I'm Vias and Metro bud.
2: Does that let you the, skip the line the, at the DMV? I guess in Massachusetts the it's the RMV. It's just as bad, but it has yeah, a different yeah, yeah. letter.
0: Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Yep. What does the, What does the R stand for? I think for?
2: it's like the Registry of Motor Vehicles. But unclear. What? Whoa! Yeah. Wait. So,
0: is it different in
2: every state? Then, I don't or think is so. It...
1: I thought that was like a I, universal thing.
0: When we, when you watch
1: TV, yeah, yeah, the yeah. episodes, they don't go RMB.
0: But, but I feel like a lot of TV is like yeah, that's from
1: California based. Right. Yeah, it's a California perspective. No,
0: I think like New York
1: is the DMV. Yeah,
2: I think it's just Massachusetts. Oh, okay. There. You
1: think you? You think you are better? Than uh, us?
2: I, I'm. Sh- I think a lot of people here. Too.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sure we are. I'm <laughs> <laughs> actually. Generally, certain <laughs> actually, that we we really are. Maybe I'll just leave this to to open us up to to today's topic. What's yeah. today's topic?
2: The t- Bears
0: Bears here. Actually, I guess it's not really a coincidence that his name's Bear, but he's here to tell us a bit about animals. Right. Yep. He's he's a animal enthusiast. Animal and- enthusiast yeah, just some interesting facts about animals and like what we can learn from them and from, from their traits. And I guess it's from a medical perspective. Is that
2: right? Yeah, kind of. I'm Mostly, yes. I So, you know, I thought it would be a fun topic because there are a lot of animals and some of them have some really weird properties. And sometimes we can use those to make new medicines or to learn more about biology. And the, I yeah. wanted to try to be the not most boring podcast topic, and I figured everyone likes uh, animals, so this would be a good that's place true. Uh, to start. Awesome.
1: The, the very specific way he stated that first sentence intrigues me so much.
0: Yeah. That is... This is a very, man with a plan.
1: This is a yeah. very curated <laughs> sentence in which so many questions abound. So, yeah. Vyas... What do you mean by that first sentence?
2: (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I've now forgotten what the first sentence was. I'm not going to lie either. I have also
1: forgotten it in my awe of the first sentence. Um, I, I believe something about there are many properties about well, yeah, animals. Yeah. The properties. So, do you have one off the top of uh, your head that you'd like
2: few, to share? I, with us? I actually spent five minutes writing notes before this because I wanted oh, wow. to, to be prepared. And uh, most prepared yeah. guest. <laughs> well, I don't. I you right. Jenny prepared for nine months for her uh, podcast. Oh, that's that's true. Like, that's 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 true.
1: Very true. <laughs>
2: Callback. <laughs> Yeah, so why animals? Well, different animals have a lot of distinct evolutionary pressures that make them adapt to survive in a lot of different ways. And sometimes Mm -hmm. what that leads to is physiology that's very different from that of humans. Uh, And sometimes just by learning kind of why animals do things kind of in their lives very differently from humans, you can actually learn a lot about Biology and in some cases, uh, kind of co-opt the ways that they do things to even make new medicines for humans.
1: What is your favorite example of that?
2: That is a good question. My, I think maybe my favorite example is that there are a bunch of different species of animals that have various different kinds of antibodies, and so antibodies, as people might know, are part of your immune system that help to fight different viral and bacterial uh, infections that you get. But they also, especially in the last, say, 20 to 30 years, have been a class of medicines, essentially, that you can make to drug different proteins in in your body that generally don't naturally have antibodies raised to them, but where you can treat a number of different diseases, basically, by administering antibodies. And humans have a particular kind, and... There are a couple of distinct examples. Uh, the camelids, so llamas, alpacas, camels. There's a big class of antibodies or what are called nanobodies that are derived from those. Sharks have antibodies that are very interesting. And cows also. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, but there are a lot of different species that have antibodies that are different from human antibodies in interesting ways that make them really useful.
0: Wait. So, so the antibodies in these animals are, it is part of their immune system. So it protects them from certain diseases, right? Okay. Yeah. So we take those antibodies and inject them into our body, into our own body. They're they're
2: the starting point. So basically, you know, to get, I'll give you one example. So antibodies are made from, there's a whole set of genes, these kind of what are called VDJ genes that are all rearranged in different ways in different B cells that typically are the cells that produce antibodies or the precursors of cells that produce antibodies. And these gene rearrangements happen in response to, say, different pathogens that come in and infect the species. And they result ultimately in the evolution in life, you know, postnatally of these these antibodies uh, to protect from the various kind of external things like pathogens that say a shark sees or a human sees. So what you do when you're trying to harness the antibodies from a new species that has some interesting properties is you take basically those entire sets of genes and you use those as the starting points to similarly kind of evolve antibodies against your target of interest. And you can do that either by immunizing. So for the camelids that I mentioned, people will just go and immunize alpacas. Um, or you can make those libraries synthetically and do a bunch of experiments in the lab essentially to use those to evolve antibodies against your favorite target of interest. So it's more of a, a starting point than the final product. You're not taking antibodies from a shark and then just, you know, sticking them in someone.
0: You could. I see.
2: I, I don't know what would happen.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm literally following like 30%. Yeah, it it was
2: I think I was at like
1: I was like 33 and I think I think I was at 34 and then it dropped to like 30 30. Oops. So okay.
2: Uh, to, so this
1: is- to to laymanize it, I yep. guess
0: you can't just eat a shark and then Tur- and right. Have I, that was going to be my question. It, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say are you just taking
1: shark genes and injecting them into humans in which you're getting those half shark half human things <laughs> but i don't think that's not what happens what it sounds like though is you're taking the genetic sequence yep. or the way that a shark's genetic sequence for a given antibody would look then you synthesize that into with i guess human based genetic material to see what happens and what it can fight against in the human body yeah basically is that
2: I, I think okay. That's a, good, it, that's a good summary.
1: Yep. So the other question too, it, it, which then just gets bound goes down to like the fundamental genetic material building blocks. Because if I remember correctly, and it has been many decades since AP Bio, um, <laughs> the the building blocks are like was it A T? Am I just yep. not even right? Yeah,
2: yeah. It is for, yeah. yes. A, T, D, right? and Right. So, and those are all the same. So
1: so that's humans. Now, is that the same across yes, that's all that's the same across all
2: life on Earth, essentially. Okay. Okay, so, wow. So, yeah, so, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I
1: didn't know that either. I yeah. thought for some reason it's like- This is hilarious. There's like the material <laughs> that humans have, and then there's the material <laughs> that sharks have. But We're, what Yas is saying is you can actually make- a, He's telling me I can, you can make wait, a shark out of a human. Let's just be
0: this clear. This is what I'm hearing. Let's just be clear for a second, all right? All three of us are scientists. Yes. All right? I'm I'm, I I am here. a computer scientist and Kelsey is a political science scientist. So we're all scientists. Yeah. All right. So so let's we'll say some give us are more a real little bit I. of credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, this, You're welcome. Is, this is great. Anyway, that is bananas to me. That the first of all that there's a universality. Is that even a yeah. yeah. But yeah. just just that uh, how. how yeah, the genetic mapping that it's has been done cool. to this point is yeah. not just for humans. Yeah. That it's actually applicable to
2: any... And it's not just mammals yep. It's, it's yes. all living... So plants, this is... insects, uh, bacteria, oh yeah, all the same yeah. A's, G's, so we'll, T's, and... Yeah. I mean, you know, different sequences yeah. of them, and there's... Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. a lot of layers of complexity. But yeah, all of a sudden, No, that's it. No, that's as easy as it gets. It's literally all, just those
0: four. We're all one.
2: We're yeah. all, oh, God, you're the worst. Wait, uh, okay. We're okay. all one. So, okay,
0: yeah, we're all one. <laughs> but, you know, that's the overarching nice. message cool. I think here. Okay, so if it's all like the same stuff, wh- why do we need to go so to exactly. an animal to figure out a sequence of things? hmm That is interesting when we could just randomly generate tons of sequences of things and then Uh, and see if they work. Is it just because the animal has proven that it's like pretty
2: much? Yeah, it's that you can't uh, you can't efficient efficiently sample a search space that's as large as just every sequence of a given length because, you know, it's four to the whatever the length of the sequence power is. Uh, And so you have to start you know, with the narrower focus on things that, you know, work and do a particular thing.
1: Mm -hmm. What, what have they found? So like,
2: it seemed like you had those animals at the ready. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the specific things, right. That are interesting about those. So the camelids, they have um, sequences from those genomes were used to make libraries of what you call nanobodies, which are basically just smaller versions of antibodies. And so these things being smaller can be beneficial in many ways, they can kind of get at different surfaces that you just need smaller things for, for example. Mm -hmm. They also are in some ways easier to make, and they just give you a distinct repertoire of stuff that might do useful things biologically.
1: Are they just as efficient as antibodies if they're smaller? So, nanobodies and antibodies are synonymous, except nanobodies have a
2: more it, they're they're efficient they're enough i think is probably the best answer it's oh. uh yeah it's hard to say perfectly but that's and then different oh. species are going to have different things so, so cows which i mentioned have natural kind of cow immunity with these antibodies some often evolves these very long large and sometimes flexible kind of binding regions. so sometimes you might have say a given protein that has a given shape that you want to make an antibody against and if you have this much longer kind of flexible binding region, it's easier to get complementary sequence and a complementary antibody structure to the protein you're trying to bind. So you can kind of cover it with more space, right? It's like maybe, you know, you think about when you're rock climbing, instead of having tiny holds, like you can now kind of grab the whole thing you're making right. those holds bigger essentially oh, okay. i guess
1: by that thought why not i mean just normally why not just make a very long complex chain with a lot of different sequences because what i imagine is the longer more complex that the sequence chain is the the easier you could potentially fit it because there's yeah. just more yeah. permutations that can fit in so why not just make yeah, a one million yeah. gene sequence, and then just throw it at any yeah.
2: That's a good question. Know, I mean, so there or... probably is some kind of optimal length because you you're trying to solve for a lot of different things at once. One of the properties mm-hmm. you're trying to solve for is how tightly and where does you know your antibody bind this thing you want it to bind to. But the antibody right. itself also has a number of other properties that are important when you're trying to make it a medicine. And so sometimes for some of those, making it longer actually is a problem, and so starting from these sequences that you know kind of work in an animal oh, right, is a good, again, a good place right. to start and to narrow the search space to stuff that works. But you have gotten to, um, even if unwittingly, a good point that generally you know people use these the genome found <laughs> from a, yeah. found in an it's, animal as it's, a starting it's point. definitely unwittingly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like how he slipped unwittingly in there. <laughs> In your in your clumsy attempts to ask that question, no, some question. insight raised to the surface.
2: Uh, it's okay,
1: Vyas. So my entire life is unwittingly asking the right question. Yes. that is my that is I mean, that is my that's a pretty good skill. It's not yeah. bad. It's not. Hey, it could
2: be a lot worse. Let me just say that out loud. Uh, yeah. What was, oh, so, yeah. So so sometimes you can use that as a starting point and basically do exactly what you said, which is. Kind of extend from the stuff that exists already and see if you find Mm. anything that works even better.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, are there are there any specific treatments that you've discovered that has been really beneficial for humans that derived from animal sequences? That you,
2: yeah. So the first, I think, nanobody against coming from the camelids uh, drugs that were approved. I think were approved maybe two years, two or three years ago. So it's been pretty recent. But now there are you know tens more in the pipeline the various companies are working on for a number of different diseases um
0: so so this kind of research is is more of a recent thing like this is like cutting edge stuff or uh, have we been looking at going on
2: for probably some decades but it takes a long time to go from discovering a given phenomenon to turning that into medicines that work and then that are approved. And so that's why the first you know, FDA approval of a drug that came from this line of work happened only recently. Okay. Are there any diseases specifically
1: that were uh, that are being treated for
2: this? There, so I, basically the way that this has worked is a lot of the diseases that people have used antibodies that are either kind of from human libraries or libraries of animals that are more similar to human antibody structure. Now people are working on some of those same targets and in certain cases, some new targets with these kind of nanobodies and other antibody types. So Mm -hmm. there's a pretty broad range of diseases, but there's, there are a lot of applications in cancer and autoimmune diseases and things like that.
1: It does seem like that, at least with taking Mm -hmm. animal sequences, it seems more of there is a playbook out there for other species that we can follow. What are the other types of research that compete against like...
2: Uh, I would say, you know, broadly in thinking about how things from animals can get us to useful new medicines. Like one part of it is this, which is they're basically new kinds of antibodies. The other, um, I guess, side of the coin is you can learn basically new biology, which then gives you kind of new hypotheses on how to on kind of what new drugs to make basically that might help people with various diseases. So to give you maybe one example there that is kind of interesting, there are species, especially kind of lower organisms that that are much better at regenerating their organs than humans are, or even than mammals are. So like, you know, the weird axolotls you've seen, they're kind of salamanders and they have cute, but strange faces. Um, they're are uh, a species. So, that's
1: what my that's what my wife says about me.
2: <laughs> Aside from
1: unwittingly asking good questions, Cupid, strange. That's my that's my sweet spot right there. It's a, it's a
2: pretty good tagline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I totally derailed that. I'm sorry. No, no, uh, but no. You're no, that, saying that's so. great. I love when you axolotl questions. Oh,
1: oh That's <laughs> the Whitney coming out. <laughs> you, Pen, Ivy Lee, Ivy Lee. Sorry, sorry. Uh, That was good. That was very good. I did like that. Man, that's too quick. Too quick.
2: Yeah. So, so axolotls are they're they're uh, cute but strange. Again, as as we've discussed, they also can they have remarkable uh, abilities to regenerate almost any part of their body. So, say you you know cut off a limb and grow back as like a full limb. any, sorry, any limb or any organ? Uh, even some of their internal organs. It's they. I, I don't remember all of the details, and I think people are still kind of figuring out the limits of this. But wow. A lot of stuff that's that crazy. doesn't normally happen in most other an- animals. Um, no, that's true. Which is very... Wait, how do you... <laughs> Wait, how do you
0: figure this out? you just like, keep, keep cutting. Keep cutting <laughs> you cut more and
1: more. It's like it's like that earth you know what it's like it's like in elementary school when they used to tell you that you can cut an earthworm in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other half will grow. So you just keep cutting you that just earthworm. Keep cutting, to... Yeah,
0: it's like forty nine percent, forty eight percent. Yeah, okay.
2: Pretty much pretty much that. Uh they That's crazy. Yeah, and so people are trying to study why this happens. We don't know all the enough of the details yet to try to Essentially, make that same thing work in humans. But you might imagine that in the future, and you know, if you learn enough about how this works, and it seems like the same kind of pieces are all there in humans to make that work, you could try to force that to happen to regrow organs you know, of various kinds in, in ways better than we can now. So that's a kind that's of awesome. Yeah,
1: are you bullish on thinking that that there is a way to apply that? Like the properties of an axolotl to humans? Well, or... uh,
2: yeah, I mean, in parts at least, I think that this line of inquiry is going to yield some useful biology. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not a good enough scientist probably to think of what all those might be and un- over what time frame. But I think that overall, yeah, it's a uh, sure. this kind of work will be useful. Sorry. So, just I'm just gonna really quickly pull up your bio again
1: because you just said you don't think you're a good enough scientist. Uh, let me just go ahead and reread your bio very quickly. Um. Anyway, sorry. Be anyway, sorry. So we. So what we're learning is that axolotls can regenerate organs. There's something about sharks. I thought there was something about learning about sharks in the treatment of cancer. Is that
2: Yeah, I think I think that there's some I don't know how much uh data there really is that's high quality around this, but I think there's some evidence that naturally occurring cancers in sharks are very rare. And so maybe there's something about shark biology that we can learn to kind of prevent the onset of cancer. I don't actually know if that's true. So that's one question that you know, one of the hard things about studying all of this stuff is like they're generally scientists in the lab work with a small set of animals that are kind of domesticated for research use and they're inbred and you can make genetic manipulations to them and all you have all these tools basically to study them right. and most animals like sharks don't have all those tools and so it's actually hard to really study them with the level of detail that you probably need to get really good answers to things like this So, I think this is why um I'm, I would say, bullish overall about what we can learn in the future from different species is that the the ability to, the kind of biology tools to quickly Uh and consistently study a number of new species and not just the same kind of mice and rats uh, are getting a lot better. And so we can kind of learn more from a broader range of species faster. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: What are, they, cool. what are they doing, I guess, right now? Because I guess to your point, there are certain species of animals that are a bit more ubiquitous, but there are obviously some species that we'd love to learn more about yep. that we necessarily can't get our hands on. What's being done now versus before that makes it more yep. uh, that we can basically just learn more from these
2: more? Yeah. Changes. So I think the main thing is probably e- the ease of genetic manipulation of these different Species of of what people call what scientists call non-model organisms. Model organisms being the stuff that people normally study in the lab. Oh, and so for example, I I think maybe everyone has heard of uh, CRISPR at this point. Yeah, and you know won the Nobel Prize recently. So CRISPR tools—they're, I would say, maybe their use uh, as actual parts of medicines for people is not going to ultimately be what's most useful about them, but it's more that they give you the ability to, essentially, all you need to know is kind of the genomic sequence of a species. And that's easy to get now, kind of consistently, all genome sequencing works basically the same, regardless of what species you're studying. And so now these CRISPR tools let you then edit the genomes of all of these species much more easily than you could do it in the past. And so people have probably worked on several tens of species and trying to use CRISPR to edit their genomes now and in just the span of a few years, where in the past that would have been probably kind of decades of work to, say, domesticate that many new species for lab work. So that's one big thing. And it's probably the the biggest one, I would say. That's so interesting, because you need to do
0: these the research with the live animal. It's not just about like getting the information from them and then just like manipulating
2: them. Yeah. You can learn some things from even say the cells of a given animal that you can just culture, Mm -hmm. you know, in a dish. Uh, But I think there are some lines of inquiry that are hard to make progress on without having the whole animal basically. The whole animal. Yeah. How big was of a breakthrough was the CRISPR Um, advent? It was, Quite bit. I don't know how to kind of put it in appropriate context. It's made a lot of things in molecular biology a lot easier and faster. It's, it's up- made, you could say that it's made things a lot crisper. <laughs> <laughs> you you, and you probably shouldn't. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was in the uh, name. It was <laughs> it there. Why it's it called there. That's why it's it called there. That. I know. It is in the name. Yeah, that's why it's called. That's, that's true. That, that it's pretty we... low hanging fruit. Thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. It was uh, a honey crisper. Uh, <laughs> a fruit.
1: <laughs> anyway, let the computer scientist revel in his work by glory for a second. And then
0: I'm new to language. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Um wow, but yeah okay, but yeah, so it was a big deal
2: it's yeah, a huge deal. it's a it's a yeah. it's a huge deal, yeah,
0: yeah, just
1: imagine it's
2: like like the rosetta stone, you know like you just it's like a huge shortcut right yeah, yeah, and that's a good way to, it's a huge shortcut for a lot of things that used to be hard,
1: so molecular biology is very easy now is what you're saying
2: uh i mean it's still it's still a lot of work, and there's still a lot of pieces of it uh but it's, okay, it's cool. easier. I see. And it's, I mean, this it's is not the easy. only thing that has made stuff a lot easier over the last, you know, say, 10, 20 years, but it's its a very big one. Well, the other ones, actually, I don't
1: I, I guess CRISPR has obviously made it to mainstream yeah. media more so, which is why, obviously, a political scientist and a computer scientist know about this. But yeah, so I mean, I mean the big other...
2: thing is kind of genome sequencing and everything. There are a bunch of essentially mm-hmm. layers on top of that things that are enabled mm-hmm. by really fast and cheap sequencing. Um, that's another mm-hmm. very big, I mean, arguably, probably bigger overall. And similarly, being able to quickly make new DNA to essentially test things like the conversation before around, well, what if you just mm-hmm. you know, made a bunch of these kind of antibody-like things synthetically and tested them? So you need to be able to actually make those. And so the tools to do that are also getting
0: better. Yeah. What about all this like mRNA stuff?
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. it. I mean, it's been great for vaccines. I think... Um, You know, I'm glad that it's worked as well as it has. Uh, It was probably not fully predictable before we had just had a need to get these things into tens of thousands of people to test like quickly. So it's great that it does seem to work. You know, very well. I I think people's guesses about that were probably all over the board before the data started coming out. So
1: pre pre pandemic was the mRNA route just seen a little bit more um speculatively than say yep, otherwise yeah
2: definitely more speculatively and i think the other thing is i think you know it wasn't clear what the best applications for mrna were and now because of the their success in these vaccines i think it's you know very clear that they're useful for vaccines for other things, I think it still kind of depends on what exactly the application is. You know, there's been a lot of uh, recent press, I guess, around how mRNA will now be used to cure cancer and all this same. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that well, that's kind of still question, very right? hyperbolic. I think uh, it's another tool in the toolbox that's good for some things and not for others. Um, it basically is really, it's very useful when you need to make some protein for a sh- in your body for a short amount of time. I see. And so for vaccines, that's what you want. Where you basically, you're making this foreign protein, your body then recognizes it, starts making antibodies to it and, and other things. If let's say what you want is to keep making a protein in your body that you wouldn't normally make you know, forever, let's say, given its current status, mRNA is probably not the most useful thing today to do that. And that's why most of what people consider uh, gene therapy uses other approaches.
0: So most likely you're saying that the research into like animals mm-hmm. and creating antibodies, you know, inspired by that research is probably going to be more effective at curing cancer, solving these other sorts of problems over like mRNA.
2: Uh to- I think that everything kind of fits together. So what, like the, you know, to give you one example, the different antibodies from the the various species that we talked about have unique properties that are kind of interesting. And maybe actually what could happen in the future is that with, you know, with the appropriate kind of advances in mRNA or similar technologies, you might actually be able to encode those antibodies in mRNA or in oh. something similar to mRNA. And maybe that will yeah, actually yeah. be easier than making the antibodies and infusing them in people. So all of ah, these I things see. kind of fit together ultimately and can reinforce each other to, to help us make better medicines.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Do, do
1: you, I mean, cause it does seem like you're, you immerse yourself in a lot of, these treatments that are being developed, but then you're also probably immersed in a lot of the diseases that yep. kind of affect humankind. Do you, do you get worried or do you, yeah. do what's you, the sentiment? How like, should we how be do you feel about this as, as something that
2: you're exposed to all the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that probably there are two different pieces of it, right? One is kind of how you view the world independent of your job. It's just, you hate to see the, suffering that people have to go through and mm-hmm. the fact that there's no treatment especially for a lot of these diseases and that i think you know we're yeah probably exposed to it more as part of the job and it, but it doesn't necessarily make it easier i mean i think you start to get maybe saying you're getting used to it is not the right word but you you understand that that's the way the world is and you're working to try to improve the situation essentially oh, um uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's a good lens i'd say
0: and how, how optimistic are you, let's say, in the near term, five, ten years from now? Are there some things that are on the cusp of being resolved that are kind of like big deal? Or I think there are a we...
2: lot of things that are going to. Yeah, I mean, I think the pace of the underlying kind of biomedical research that will get us to better medicines for a lot of diseases that either are untreated or undertreated is the the pace is very strong and continuing to probably accelerate it's a little hard to see sometimes you know you can take a disease for example like pancreatic cancer where the the treatments are still pretty poor and don't really kind of help almost at all and be kind of pessimistic about that but if you if you take a look overall at the entire kind of burden of human disease especially in the developed world where access isn't a problem to to start kind of thinking about Mm -hmm. your um your lens that way. I would say I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, again, I don't think I would predict like which breakthroughs are most likely in the next 10 years, but mm-hmm. there will be a number of things that help people. And yeah. So I think overall optimistic because of the the underlying kind of research. I think there are probably everyone who works in the industry has their views about headwinds that there might be. Some of them are kind of technological. Some of them might be you know, whether it's policy at the US level or the kind of structure even of academic research that ultimately generates the basic science breakthroughs and that being a little bit broken. There are a lot of things that I think are, you know, not ideal, but still good enough that will make progress. Do you think the do you think the pandemic has
1: helped Mm. uh, a lot of the research that you're doing? Or has it just kind of highlighted more of the the work that's already being done or yeah. do you think it's now going to drive more yeah uh, funding or more attention to i to
2: think this, more this the latter there are probably particular areas where maybe it will accelerate things substantial at least that's kind of the optimistic view so for example infectious diseases i think now that everyone in the world essentially is very aware that this is a big problem and will continue to be a problem. Maybe that will drive you know more investment in treatments and diagnostics for infectious diseases. Maybe it'll drive the necessary financial incentives and other structural changes that are important for some things like making sure that you can try to generate and stockpile vaccines for emerging infectious threats before they become a pandemic, or similarly right. for things like... Um, antibiotic resistance for bacterial infections that are, are still really hard to get drugs kind of developed because it's just hard to get them paid for essentially. So there's a bad, bad return yeah. on investment and that makes less investment happen. Right. So I think that kind of the spotlight shined on it will hopefully mean that there's more support for all of the different things that need to happen to get us yeah. to better drugs diagnostics vaccines and so on yeah. for infectious disease yeah. but it'll happen over you know probably a, a long time frame it's not kind of the next one or two years
1: mm-hmm. so i guess what you're saying is influenza watch your ass
2: <laughs> <And> watch it
1: because <laughs> we coming for you oh influenza good translation
0: of, of what you just that's said yeah, good. I just, yeah. yeah. I just, that's I'm, yeah I'm, that's fine listen
1: on. remember Unwittingly, unwittingly coming up with yeah. good statements.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, unwitting Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh Bear, I know that you you spent you actually spent time preparing for this podcast, which makes you um pretty special compared to all of our other <laughs> Slacker guests. But um was there anything that anything else that you've you've noted that you wanted to share, any like other nuggets of
2: Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Knowledge uh, for us. Yeah. Uh, a few, a couple like fun, <laughs> I find them fun, facts uh, about Ooh. different animals. Um, so snakes.
0: Love this. Uh, yes.
2: Especially, you know, the snakes that like eat one huge meal every kind of six months or something. Uh-huh. When they do that, they their internal organs can grow and shrink up to like four times their normal size and then back down to normal as they digest over the course of months. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um it's really strange Man, that's so weird yeah. that it digests over
0: months yeah. I, yeah I didn't realize it was that long because like the snakes in grade school that like your teacher yeah, yeah, might yeah. have like you throw a they rat in really there fast. Yeah, yeah yeah and, and then they like, eat
1: it and then you just yeah. watch the the big lump just you can watch it the, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, actually, there are multiple things about snakes that I think are funny. So that's one. But you can think about so, you know, these organs kind of grow really rapidly. And that's the way that that happens could again inform like, how you think about, you know, regenerating or increasing the function of those organs in humans.
0: I, I think it'd be cool if humans could... Do that where like you just eat one huge meal and then you don't have to eat for six more months. Like, yeah. Think about that, the time that you'd save, the amount of money that you'd save. That's true. Yeah. But you would have like yeah. seventy four Big Macs just in your body, like passing <laughs> Yeah, you would be like you'd four longs, times the and
2: size.
1: Would, yeah. 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 Your your heart grows to the size <laughs> of a small desk <laughs> and shrinks back down to normal no, man, size. We would
0: adapt to all these
2: things. That's what changes. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Based that's that's, one, that's yeah. exactly that's what's happening. Of, yeah. yeah, I, I think Kelson's got it. Uh. yeah,
1: I've got it. I've got <laughs> wow. it. The PhD said I've got wow. it. What do you got? You got nothing. Dang it. influenza,
2: watch your ass. <laughs>
0: Dang it!
2: Sorry. Other fun facts. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, snake here's or non Here's another thing about snakes. I, I. Yeah. No. It's it's pretty funny. So, uh, snakes have no legs, and <laughs> of course, whoa! whoa. That's crazy. Did you know? Wait.
1: Since when? <laughs> <laughs> like they they had legs. Until
2: recently, right? No? Uh, Recently, (laughs) evolutionary time. So like, you know, a couple hundred million years ago. There's like a specific, uh, some scientists isolated, a specific, very short genetic element. It's like 20 base pairs long in their genome that's different from animals that have legs. And they basically made mice have this kind of snake version of this like genomic answer element. Uh-huh. Uh, and when you do that, the the mice have yeah, but like no legs and just it's like- kind of, Do I'm, the mice like slither? Again? I don't think they know how to slither. slither. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, that's insane. <laughs> just like- a mouse and a snake and a slithering, yeah, a slithering well, the, the <laughs> That's thing That's insane. Yeah, so there was a really big, there was like an interesting paper that came out where they did this a couple of years ago. And the, the experiment that they didn't do that I was hoping they would do was to edit the snakes to put back, you know, the like... Put mouse, back the okay, legs. Legs. You know, no, 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 no. The, the
1: last thing you want. The last thing you want. Is let me a just,
0: snake that can run? Let me just say this.
1: Snakes
2: with feet... Is just like well,
0: wow. It'd be like a newt, right? Uh, or
2: yeah. Well, I guess I don't know where the legs would be. Like, would the legs be all toward the head, or would the Because le- the snakes are really long. That like, would be hilarious yeah, if, it would it had, be, yeah. if it had. I was two, thinking two. Feet, yeah, yeah, but yeah.
1: only at the front. <laughs> two feet just right out of the forehead. <laughs> and it has to just <laughs> drag its whole body. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> the feet are just like blinders, more than anything else, because they're just <laughs> in front of their, their eyes. That's true. Everyone's like thinking, oh, the feet are going to be where like, like you
0: normally a think it is. What if it's like yeah. Yeah.
1: four feet right here, just <laughs> right in the chest area?
2: No, <laughs> oh, that's uh, insane. And uh, maybe one one last uh, fun, fun fact about animals. So people have been spending a fair amount of time trying to understand what happens to bears when they hibernate because they, right. uh, you know, so they eat all this food and then they get really fat and their organs kind of fill up with fat and they have oh, insulin oh, okay, resistance. That's, just... that's basically the same thing that happens, which causes type two diabetes, right? So like your body is oh. very insulin resistant, but then they just go back to normal, like through the uh-huh. course of hibernation. And then when they wake up and they're back to normal and their insulin resistance is gone and their organs are the normal amount of fat and they still have their muscle mass. So there are a lot of people that are trying to study, not a lot, there are a few people that are trying to study why this happens and whether we can use how bears go from yeah. this really kind of fatty <laughs> insulin resistant state back to normal. So then you could think about how that would be useful for people with obesity. And That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you,
1: are you tell, Are you telling me that you're going to let me eat as much food as I want, and then I can sleep for like three months and I'll come out being ripped? out of my mind is that what you're saying if you
0: think about it bears don't work out is that bears don't work out at all that's at all Uh, and they're that's what i'm hearing and And they're so
1: strong can you please sign can can you put me down for one for that experiment whatever that is just one of those (laughs) i would like one please
2: (laughs) that would that would be awesome and they don't, they don't pee once. You were talking about how many times? What? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a 2nd let's see the math. Let's say it's like
1: like three months for a bear. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So let to go with three months. Okay, that's wild. So and then what is that? Six times a day. So it's ninety days. times Yeah. That's like five hundred forty times of like. Let's say each pee takes a minute. Do
0: you know how much time they're they saving? They they're saving a lot. Yeah, of time. and God. they use
1: that time to
0: get. Extra sleep. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> oh. to get extra sleep. Now that's the dream. Wait. Baby. So do bears actually come out of hibernation stronger than when they entered because of all the food?
2: No, they lose maybe you know ten to fifteen percent of their muscle mass, but they mostly oh, just okay. lose all their fat. Yeah. I see. I see. Dang. So yeah, those were some those were some cool animal facts. Uh, there are some others, but honestly, they're they're kind of you know mildly interesting. Oh, one sea otters don't have very thick skin and they deep, they dive really deep and they're in really cold water. Uh, right. They have really dense fur, but it's not enough to actually keep them warm. So what they do is they have, I, I'm sure you've heard that the mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have heard that. And the mitochondria of sea otters, especially in their muscles, for some reason what happens is instead of all of the energy the kind of calories that they eat going toward producing energy and molecules of ATP in their mitochondria, uh, some of it actually just leaks back out to where it went and that generates heat because there's just an kind of electrochemical gradient. And what that does is actually heat their core body temperature so that they stay warm as they're in this really cold water. That's nuts.
0: What? What?
1: Yeah. Why can't my mitochondria So mitochondria heating.
2: Well, so there is, there's a, um, so people have been, trying to basically like blow off excess energy by using a similar approach of what's called mitochondrial uncoupling. It's it's not very safe to do in humans, at least with the approaches. There's one molecule that some like weightlifters and bodybuilders used to take. And it does oh. actually cause a very strong increase in energy expenditure but it also can result in a very unsafe elevation of your core body temperature and so people Ooh. like have died from this so wow oh, oh, like
1: their internal temperature just cooking. yeah it goes it's up it's cooking. like having a oh, know. you know
2: like an exceptionally bad fever great fever oh uh, wow yeah, wow. yeah.
0: viash
1: just said we can cook ourselves through mitochondria you <laughs>
2: yeah oh actually,
0: and, <laughs> and if you are gonna do it, it sounds like if those bodybuilders just like hung out in the ocean, yeah', yeah be
1: okay yeah that's probably true yeah. that sounds like a nightmare
0: that sounds <laughs> yeah, terrible <laughs> yeah they went land otter they didn't uh, go sea otter exactly yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. problem, that was the problem. Yeah. Right.
2: if you're gonna be an otter, be a sea otter uh, Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. um, so,
1: <laughs> I like that I like that this is very
0: good well, this is great this is like this is mind blowing Th- thank you so much for uh bring all this knowledge
2: to, uh, uh, to us yeah bear. for I, I hope yeah. it was I hope it was fun and I hope that the audience will learn how many weird things animals do.
0: Yeah so let's you know after learning so much I think it's only appropriate that we enter this the second half of our podcast here and yeah it's time for your pop quiz bear. Alright yeah. it's game
2: time.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's game time. It's also game time. we have uh we have gotten permission from your PhD advisors that if you do not pass this <laughs> Your PhD will be revoked. Yeah, and do one of you get it's it over. then,
2: or do I get to choose which of you gets it? Okay. uh Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> he gets to choose. Gonna, let me
1: let me talk to the PhD advisors. Hold on, I'm texting with them.
0: Yes, that is possible. Yes, that is true. Yes, you can. Oh day, this is a sweet deal for so you us. Better
1: again. This is this is for all the marbles, baby. All right. So our first game is called Top Five. All right.
2: What are your top five animals? So I think number one is going to be uh, maybe one people would consider boring, but it's going to be dogs because I love uh, our dog. very cute and does hilarious things all the time. And it would have been much more boring in a pandemic without her around to put into silly costumes. So that's going to be number one. Now I got four more. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with raccoons. Because those hands, those hands are so rude. They're real, (laughs) they're real silly. Have Have you seen raccoons doing weird things with their hands? They they often do things that look people-like, and it's hilarious every time they do. Oh, that's weird. Uh, I've seen a
0: raccoon, like, scoop up cat food (laughs) with its hands It just, like, walk away. I don't like that. It's really upsetting.
1: It's kind of like the idea (sighs) of, of... robots that look too much like humans or doing things mm. uh-huh. like yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. like that, that uncanny valley of really, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: it's very That's uncomfortable strange. for me <laughs> that is a little it's a little strange uh other good yeah so i like uh you know giant tortoises very cool Oh they yeah, very, very long cool. lived like 150 plus years old that move yeah. very slowly or interesting got to see them in the yeah. galapagos once it was awesome Oh, oh, that you is win? Awesome. oh, that's
1: amazing.
2: Yeah, super fun. i oh, cool. uh, well, highly recommend goes... a trip to anyone who hasn't been, or even Ooh, if you have.
1: Got it. Oh, wow. that's so cool. Well, good that's a that's a very that's yeah. a very good selection
2: for three. So two yeah. more. Uh two more. So mm, I do really like elephants. They're they're very intelligent. They also actually I did have a fun fact about elephants. They act definitely do have an exceptionally low rate of cancer uh incidence. Oh. And Part of the reason, at least, is they have many, although only some might be functional, copies of a gene called p fifty three. That's kind of a master tumor, what's called a tumor suppressor gene. That's mutated in a lot of cancers in people, but they have many copies of it. And so the the thought is that they, you know, even if some of them break, basically, like they have more.
0: Oh, whoa! Yeah,
2: that (laughs) should be your reason
1: why you like elephants. That would be the reason I like elephants. Why? Because the P3, P-15 P gene.
2: Yep. The, the yeah. P-53. Yeah, uh, that is P53. actually part of the reason why I like elef- elephants. Are that's, that's a great one. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. And what is the last? Okay. So animal number five. I feel like there are a lot of very cool animals. I'm going to say a Gila monster. What? Like that lizard. It's like a very large lizard. Okay. Um, I don't know. They look a little like dinosaurs. They're great.
1: Oh,
0: what a weird looking animal. Know, it yeah, really this weird. It's kind of cool. It is. Not, yep. oh, man. It's, it's like, kind of cute, cool. but
1: kind of freaky. If you think it's like about so it, compact. it's, it's
0: kind of like a snake with legs. Yeah, it
1: is kind of like a snake. Ooh, is that why? <laughs> That's why you brought
0: it up. Ugh. Okay. All right. Well, awesome. Vyas, I think cool. you
1: barely passed that one. Well done. PhD is still in your hands.
2: All right. My, All right. My, my degree is in yeah. place. <laughs> All right. So, let, let's do the discomfort zone.
0: Okay. Here we go. Let's see how much you know about your employer, Third Rock Ventures. (laughs) So please explain the premise of the TV show, Third Rock from the Sun.
2: (laughs) Uh, I have seen that show probably more recently than you would expect. They're aliens, right? And they're they're, uh, masquerading. They have to pretend to be a family as they're kind of spying on humans. And one of them's like a professor and they're the kids and, the one of the kids, I think, is actually the leader of the aliens. I forget. Anyway, for some reason, I saw the show last only like two years ago.
0: <laughs> pretty d- wow. that's that's good. That's That's actually pretty spot on. Yeah, <laughs> I actually watched
1: that show, and that's actually a very good description of.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was. I feel it. like that was a show that was more in our. Our generation, our, our generation versus his generation versus his generation, <laughs> one year apart yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry
1: we're now doing generation by year
0: yeah okay i think that's a thing there's um, th- there's things that know. get you know a, a year is a lot of time
1: I, I mean i guess it's like 365 days yeah things
0: get cut off yeah yeah wow well, that was very good <laughs> that was great um all right so either or so sim- simply all you have to do is just pick one all right okay. and, we're, and we're gonna do a series of these so right. first off Kangaroo or wallaby? Ooh, wallaby. Okay, obviously. All right, second one. Heads or tails? Tails. What? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I was primed with the animals.
1: Yeah. uh, Okay, so quick follow-up question. When you are asked to call a quarter in the air, do you Mm. go with tails normally? I I do normally say tails.
0: You normally say tails? Because tails never fails. That's the thing. That's That's a saying.
1: It's never filled. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't run. Yeah, no, it you're, doesn't right. you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Um, horseshoes or horseshoe crabs?
2: Horseshoe crab box. I would actually <laughs> I agree with that one. I
1: <laughs> I don't know what a horseshoe crab box is, but the horseshoe crab is the one where like they they bleed them. Yeah. For the uh, it's I forgot what it is. Yeah, like they make medicines out of it.
2: It's to test for endotoxin yeah. in material produced products. Yeah. I've,
1: I saw a really crazy picture where they—it's almost like a farm of horseshoe crabs, and they're bleeding all of them, and all their blood is blue. Yep, and it looks like they're—it literally looks like they're milking them, but it's actually them. That's crazy because
0: it doesn't kill them, right? I
1: don't think they they kill them, but the blood cannot synthetically be made, from my understanding. Another great animal
2: fact, by the way. Yeah,
0: this
1: is on theme for this episode. (laughs) I just want to say, Vyas, that. If you were to fail this test, I would be the keeper of your PhD in the highest regard. I would say these facts to randos on the street as I'm. You're trying on. to make a case for I'm him making to my case his, for my PhD. Yes. To
0: bestow his PhD. Yes, this is
1: my PhD defense.
0: Okay, I, I just I just know for a fact that he'll be giving it to me, so I'm not going to try. All right, <laughs> we'll
1: see. We'll okay. see.
0: All right, and uh, last but not least, Jason or Kelsey.
2: Is this for who gets the PhD? Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> it can mean whatever. It, actually,
0: it, no. All right, but you it can mean whatever you
1: want it to. It can mean.
2: mean whatever you want. Whatever. Mm. It's an
1: open-ended question.
2: Interesting. This one is this is the hardest one of Ooh. of all of them. You hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pretty all tough. Right. Here, okay, I'm gonna flip. A coin.
0: Oh God! Please be
1: tails. Please, <laughs> you be, tails. Can please me be, tails. be tails. Please Do be tails. Who you
2: want to be head? Yeah. D-
1: please you... be
0: tails. I'm tails. You're tails. You know, I, I, said, heads.
1: Said, I said. I oh, Please be tails for me. No,
0: but you head. just learned about the. This tails, in from, head tails never, tails
1: never fails, fails, so you're fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like Jason's tails. Kelsey's. Tails. Okay.
0: So, fine. so I fine. take fine. tails, but I also fine. get sides. Fine. I also get sides. You get. You get sides. Oh, I get, get sides. Cal- I get tails and sides. All right. Here we go, man. All right. It is heads, so Kelsey. (laughs) Oh, dang it. Okay. I guess I should not say tails every time. (laughs) Congratulations, Kelsey.
1: Heads never fails, guys. There's a reason why it doesn't rhyme.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Great work on that. We're moving on now. The next activity is a competitive one, right? Bear, you're going to be facing off with Kelsey here. Okay. This is called Fact or Fiction. Human edition. Oh gosh, she's. Oh, to okay. gonna... Yeah. So, so we've talked a lot about animals, you know, yep. throughout this conversation. But now, there's a a test on your knowledge of the human body. Oh boy. All right. So I'm going to read a bunch of statements here, and then okay. you'll each get to call out, you know, whether or not you believe it's a fact or a fiction. Okay. All right. Here we go. First statement: Humans are the only animals with chins. Three, two one false false wow you are both wrong this is in fact this is a fact
2: what wait
0: how do you define a chin yeah what elephants are the only other creature with a body part similar to the chin then we're right but the elephant's chin is actually caused by a lack of lower teeth and a big lower lip it's not a bony protrusion which is a real chin and a feature Mm. that humans have alone a human chin is considered a cladistic ap- apomorphy, Ugh. a feature or body part not found in the earliest forms of a clade.
1: <laughs> in short, wow, you speak like you know this, like it's a fact. Evolution. Wow, look how confident! <laughs> hey, Bias, look how confidently Jason's saying this statement he's reading verbatim. <laughs> so, wow, I feel like a fool for not knowing this based on your confidence in reading.
0: <laughs> uh um okay got it I cool everyone yeah, else say really pinch? The yeah. all right yeah. there we go you're both wrong and i'm right okay <laughs> <clears throat> next one you can pinch your elbow skin as hard as you want and it won't hurt two one true oh, oh wow good job Kelsey. yeah that is a fact that is a... your elbow skin which is called your weenus has very few pain detectors so yeah. you can you can grab it yeah. As very you few,
1: very few is not zero. So <laughs>
0: I only know this
1: because Kelly told me this actually.
0: Oh, so you knew this? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I've also tried it. Try it. <laughs> hey, yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm not even kidding you. Try it. Because she like pinch as hard as you can. It, you won't. Uh, yeah. I. Th-
2: I find- mean, I guess it doesn't hurt the way. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Find find <laughs>
1: someone you care about and just have them really, really pinch the hell out of that thing. <laughs>
0: All right, very good. So Kelsey is leading thanks to Kelly yep. having spoken with him once. Correct. All right, next <laughs> statement. Humans have fewer hairs on their bodies than chimpanzees. False. Hmm. Again,
2: Kelsey. Yes. Wow. Wow. It's the way you said it. Yeah, Barry, me... you are blowing this. The... Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I've gotten zero right so far. Wow. Yeah, because
0: yeah. these aren't gene-based questions. So, humans <laughs> actually have just as many hairs on their body as chimpanzees. Human hair is just a lot shorter mm. and finer. Oh, ah, mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, see
1: since, since
0: Vyas is a genes expert, if you had had questions about like Levi's, he'd be like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, yeah, next. They- All right. When you cry and your nose becomes runny, it's actually your tears three two one true nice good job guys that is a fact really uh, yeah when you cry tears come out of your tear gran- glands under your eyelids and then they drain through the tear ducts that empty oh. into your nose all right okay, cool. so we only have two left so very you're gonna have to get both of these right to to tie the score right yeah it's, it's well, two, and, zero right. It's and i'll have to get it wrong yeah. and you'll have to yeah. get them wrong yeah, yeah. yeah. so Let's see if a miracle can happen here. Most right. people breathe through one nostril better than the other throughout their whole lives. Three, two, one. True. True. Okay, well, you both you're both wrong. Okay. We don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just like <laughs> it, there's no way this game's gonna end in an interesting way. Okay, so it's that's that's false. Like, I should have right. just said I the can't opposite lose of whatever that, right? he said.
2: I feel like that yeah, yeah. was
0: the no, so, I I, know, like, so that yeah.
1: was the pun that was the ultimate question. Exactly. And yeah. I am the, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so yes, so I'm so I'm one step closer to getting his PhD. Yes, you are.
0: All right. So at any given time, you're mostly breathing through one nostril, but every few hours the workload shifts to the other nostril. It's called the nasal cycle. Huh. These are very good questions. I Where have right? These, are These are super interesting questions. facts, right? Where did you Things, get these? These Are really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure really? I got this from a, a BuzzFeed article called "26 Facts About The That You Will yeah. Not Believe." Say, like the, something like that.
2: They're pretty good. Unlike,
0: yeah. unlike some
2: other
1: questions that we've had in the past, these are actually all generally pretty good. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, yes, this just tells you the quality of our past episodes and how good this was.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's still one more. So this is you for know, yeah. Hold your judgment for a second here. All right. All right. The average human erection has roughly about 130 milliliters of blood in it, while the average rabbit has about 126 milliliters in its entire body. So there is more blood in a boner than in a bunny. <laughs> True. 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 That is a yeah. fact. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: Well, like, the, the the numbers you quoted we were so to, specific. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no, let's, let's, get, let's actually spend... Actually, I think I want to cut the, everything we've talked about through the episode so far and just only talk about that answer. <laughs>
0: That's all I want to talk about. Yeah. All right, so congratulations, Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, good job. A 2-0 Thank victory. You. That's right. Yeah. Well, 3-0, right? Cause I got... Oh, no, because we tied the last one. Well, you both got it right, so I guess a, a 3-1 victory. Correct. Yeah, so uh, I well f- I think this is probably one of the few times that Bear has actually failed in something. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I'm just re-looking at his bio, and I'm like, clearly, that's a very true statement. Yeah. So uh, our next game, Vyas, is called Won't You Haiku? So as we all know from our poetry class and our master's level graduate courses, yes, uh, haiku is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables for a poem. Mm-hmm. So... Collectively, we're all it's going to write oh, a okay. about animals. So, Great. Okay. So I've spoken slow, so you can think of five syllables. I am also speaking slow to think of my... But you haven't given him a topic yet. I said animals. No, animals. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? You okay, Jason?
0: I'm barely here. I'm still recovering. Okay. Awesome. Still
1: <laughs> so thinking about uh, that 126 milliliters of blood?
0: I'm still... No, I'm still <laughs> Yes, exactly. This is
2: oddly specific. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I'm starting. You're starting it off. Okay. All right. Um, Bears and snakes and birds. Repeat that again. (laughs) (laughs) Bears and snakes and birds
1: have more. Then meet the eyeballs.
0: Animals. How great. (laughs) I'm not going to
1: lie, Vyas. That one was one of our better ones.
0: (laughs) That one
1: at least kind of made sense. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't that bad.
0: That was... Wow. I'm, pr- I'm, pr- I'm yeah, proud was- of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us.
1: Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to go, animals! Yippee!
0: <laughs> oh, that would <laughs> also work. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's got a little bit of flavor to it, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. a little... <laughs> is it cute but strange, maybe? Animals. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, you know what? I think I, if I... Uh, I as much as I would like to uh, usurp Vyasa's PhD, I think he'll have to keep it. I think he passed. So, Oh, of course. Ugh, I know. Just yeah. the All skin right. of your teeth. You just barely. Yeah, I, mean, you I like, know. I really- you really beat and seed your way into that pass, <laughs> my friend. I'm sure those are grades you've never seen in your yeah. life, but you really, you really cruised toward the end of there. I could tell. If I was your senior year English professor, I would be very upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's the that's it i mean that was very very lovely conversation first of all and uh again generally toward the end i'm gonna go ahead and just say what i learned jason yeah go ahead um just trust nature that Mm. what they what lessons there are to learn from nature are probably very valuable for us to learn even though we think that we're in the 21st century. We've learned everything there is to know that we mm-hmm. think. There's always something more to learn that nature's providing for us, which Fiasse, I do appreciate you kind of highlighting in this conversation we've had so far. So, yes. so yeah, that's what I learned. Very how cool. about you, Jason? What did you learn?
0: Yeah, I think like along the same lines, right? Um I was surprised at how like current this level of yeah. inquiry is. Very you know, true. I thought, you know, we've studied nature and animals for so long that I didn't realize that there's... So much that we don't know yet, and so much that can be so incredibly valuable to yeah. to us, right? And I think the the overarching message that's going to stick with me again is that like we are all one. <laughs> 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 I think that was like quite poetic, and know? and that's something that I honestly did not know was which is that one. like that yeah, uh, us yeah. with not just animals but also like plant life, like yeah, we, we yeah, got yeah. the same letters yeah, like within yeah. ourselves, like that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah. the yeah. I,
1: I think the reiteration of the fund like the fact that we've discovered what fundamental building blocks that life composes of it's humbling but it's also optimistic to think if we can figure out the fundamental building blocks what's to say that we can't come up with vaccines yeah, solve, or something. solve these things right, right. exactly yeah. so so yeah yeah so i think i actually come out a bit more optimistic about the the future of oh, uh, for sure. of medicine and technology and and all the great work that you do. Well it certainly
0: helps that like Bear is like on it, you know? Yeah, he's on it. Yeah. That's what I'm but saying. He's taking, he's taking care of it. <laughs> Did you learn anything by any chance?
2: Well, I learned the answers to all of those questions about humans <laughs> Oh, that <yeah>. I got- <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I taught him
0: something. Nice.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it was also interesting to I feel like the questions were very good and were they got to the heart of kind of important ways that we think about how to do research and stuff, which was nice. And it's also, it's fun to hear kind of what things resonate with people who don't think about them all the time. And also which parts of the things that I say kind of without thinking about like are accessible versus aren't to people who aren't kind of thinking about it every day too, but yeah. it was fun. Cool. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself
1: immensely. <laughs> okay, great.
0: Uh well, yeah, Barrett, thank you again so much for taking the time to not only be here, but also like prepare for, for the yeah, for the episode. Thanks um, for sure. having me on. Yeah. And just for being a friend. Yeah. Really do appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah. wanna thank uh all of you listening. We think it's pretty cool that the four of you are there tuning in. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey,
1: hey, 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 four of you, four of you. Thanks for that. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that.
0: You, 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 and you.
1: Thank uh, you. Maybe not you, but you. Yes. But maybe that person <laughs> behind you that's not listening. Maybe exactly.
0: Them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week all. Bye. Bye. This has been Jason and Kelsey Have Friends.
1: Executive produced by Dora. Talent Managed by Kelly.
0: Design and Artwork by Hobby at MadeByHobby.com. Theme Song by Jason. Questions? Comments? Send us an email at Kelsey at gmail.com or visit us at jasonandkelsey.com. If you haven't
2: already, please rate and subscribe everywhere, multiple times.